Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We've already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence so you will never work for someone else again. And now, here's your host, Dustin Heiner. Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show. I am super excited to have you on my show today, and I'm very excited to have my special guest on today. Now, as we talk about everything in entrepreneurship, to having side hustles, to quitting that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, there are so many ways to do that. And I brought on an expert in finances, as well as YouTubing and blogging and everything else. I have Jeff Rose here with me today. Jeff, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Now, Jeff, tell us exactly how do you make money to provide for your family without having that just overbroke job? <laughs> uh, it's fun to say, like now, my primary source of income is a combination of a few things from my blog at goodfinancialsense.com. That's a personal finance blog that I started over 12 years ago. Uh, on top of that, I freelance write uh, here and there. And then also I have my YouTube channel, which is another revenue stream and also like my creative outlet that I love. Uh, creating content for. That's terrific. Now, the YouTube channel, it seems like it's doing really well, at least subscriber-wise. I mean, once you get, I don't know, 5, 10, 20,000, then 50,000, then you kind of get, if you keep publishing, you have a lot. Now, you have a good amount of subscribers now, and you have a good presence online, but you didn't have that always. What were you doing before? Like, you're just a normal person, just like everybody else. We're just trying to make a living, provide for our family. So what were you doing before, and how do you get that switch into being more online? Yeah, so the uh, the normal job that I had, I was a financial advisor. Started that job right out of college, and uh, was a financial advisor actually for sixteen years. Uh, somewhere around the middle of that journey is whenever I I left my old brokerage firm and then started the blog as a, a way as a marketing tool, basically. And this was a time. This is back in two thousand eight ish when I didn't know anything about blogging, didn't have any social media accounts whatsoever. But I recognized that, oh, this might be a way to really stand out from everybody else. So I began the plunge and started the blog and self-taught myself on basically how to write, but also to understand like SEO and online marketing. Uh, and it was a fun journey, a hard journey, and then eventually ended up leading to the YouTube channel as well. So did you quit your job first before you had income coming in from like being your own self, like your own uh, certified financial planner? Like how did that work out to where you actually said, you know what, I'm going to leave this, that steady income? Yeah, it was, uh, it took a while for me to do that. And I was actually, I had a J-O-B that for the long time, like I didn't hate. Um, so I did work for a brokerage firm for like five years. I left, went independent. So I basically ended up becoming my own boss. So like I, I was the CEO, uh, founder, like I didn't have a boss. So like I made my own hours, took my vacation and that was a lot of fun. But then it got to the point where it just became a broken record of me having to explain to every single client why the market was down 1% and having that same conversation with like 150 different people. And it's like, I just want to record my, like record a podcast, you know, and like, here, listen to this, you know, and let me know if you have any questions. But unfortunately, like, that's not how it works. So I would just have to spend time on the phone or in person talking with people. And I just got the point where like, man, I just, I just don't have it anymore. And that time the blog had continued to grow. The YouTube channel continued to grow. 
I hit a point where, I mean, this is actually crazy to admit this, but I had a point where my online business was making double what my financial planning practice was. And I still wasn't comfortable leaving yet. And I'm sure many of your community struggle with the identity of like, that was me. That was my job. That was my career. Like I, I didn't know anything different. And it wasn't so much like losing the money. It was like, that's just, that's who I was. That's who people knew me as. And we just moved to the uh, Nashville, Tennessee area a couple of years ago. And so back where we used to live, small town, Illinois, some people knew I had a blog. Uh, they had no idea uh, the amount that it was bringing in. You know, everyone knew me as the certified financial planner. So it was like trying to tell people, they're like, oh, I'm going to actually quit my practice, sell my practice and do my blog full time. I would have been met with a lot of, wait, what? You're going to do what? Like, do you need help? <laughs> <laughs> you, I know a good counselor, like you need some therapy. Um, but it was one of those, you know, moving here, having four kids and just want to make sure that I was making the right decision. And the funny thing was like, my wife is the, I'm definitely more the risk taker. Uh, and that was, she had a lot of fear in selling, getting rid of the brick and mortar business and replacing that with the online business. But it finally reached this point where I remember I got a call from a client. It was one of those like piddly issues, but yet like it took like 45 minutes out of my day, ruined my flow. And I just remember like just being in this bad mood of like, oh, I'm just tired of dealing with this stuff. And she's like, so let's sell it. I'm like, wait, wow. Are you, are you still my <laughs> wife? Like, where did, did you get, are you an alien that got, you know, with my wife's skin? And uh, she gave me the, the green light, what I needed to sell. And I was, oh, gosh, uh, probably about two years ago. And then uh, began that process of finding the buyer, getting rid of it, and then start focusing on the blog, YouTube, full time. And uh, it's been it's been fun. It's been a, it's been a fun journey. I I love that story. And my wife is definitely not a risk taker. Her dad was a teacher, and her mom was a stay at home mom. And so they were like, just get a job and work that forever, and then you'll be fine. And here I come along, a very big risk taker. And I say, hey, honey, I want to invest in real estate because that's how I make my money through real estate. And I said, I want to take all of our money. We just got married. I want to take all of our money, like $10,000, $15,000 and invest in real estate. She was so against it. It was horrible. I had to, I, eventually, I got her around to eventually say yes. And it was really hard though. But what's great is now 30 plus properties later, uh, recently I bought uh, three single family homes and a duplex. And instead, you know, the very first time I told her, it's like, okay, let run you through the entire deal, walk you through everything, how we're going to run it, how we're going to do everything. And then I just bought three single family homes and a duplex. I said, Hey babe, just came in the door one day. Hey, I just bought three single family homes and a duplex. She's all, okay. Because <laughs> the business has proven itself, but leaving yeah. that job, I resonate with you. It is, you're leaving that something that's for sure to something that might not be for sure. So kudos for you. Now with the, if, if you're thinking about or somebody's thinking about, well, I would like to follow in Jeff's shoes where I love the idea of YouTubing, but should we just do YouTube or should we also have a, a blog as well? Do they go hand in hand? Should we have a podcast? What are your thoughts about all these different mediums that we should probably go after? Yeah. So it's a great question. And it, the, there really isn't a right or wrong answer. I can tell you my story in the sense that with the blog, Good Financial Sense, I had been blogging for several years and then I got a taste of a Google algorithm update. And for those that don't have a website, uh, basically what happens is Google does these updates trying to clean up the search engines. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and this was like the first time that I was aware. I remember I was so excited because like, once again, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like ready, ready, aim or ready, fire, aim, and just like figuring things out. And I was getting like over a hundred thousand unique visitors a month, you know, just by grinding it out and figuring it out and guest posting and all this stuff. And then April 11th, uh, I forgot what year it was, but I remember the date. <laughs> uh, I remember that went into Google analytics and saw that my traffic dropped like 75%. Oh, overnight just like that and and i always share the story because for those that aren't aware of this you know google does not have like a 1-800 crisis line uh they don't have a suggestion box like you know i can't uh, send an email and say hey i lost my traffic do you know why can you tell me what i need to do and, and like i was clueless like i wasn't doing anything illegal wasn't like buying backlinks or anything like that so i just remember like i took like a two-week break i'm pretty sure i went in a dark corner and cried for a little while and I asked myself, like, okay, what, what was, why am I doing this? Like, what's the point of me doing this? And yeah, it was, because at the time it wasn't like the main thing. So, I mean, the financial planning practice was the main thing, but like, I still had this belief, like that there is something here, like there is something bigger than I could ever imagine. And I just, I can't give this up, but it has to go back to what is the motivation? What's the, the passion behind it? And it, it was helping people. You know, I just felt like I had some experience, some knowledge to share. And, you know, God gave me a gift to be able to put that online. So then I just asked myself, okay, so what I was doing before worked for a while, but, you know, it ain't working now. So what do I need to do different? And that's when I thought, you know, like there really is no other financial planners that are doing YouTube or doing it well. And I thought, okay, I had a goal of like creating like one of the best financial planner blogs. Let me go ahead and just add the YouTube channel on top of it. And, you know, so kind of like a roundabout way of answering your question, you know, I, I, at first in the beginning, I think you do have to master a platform, you know, if it's video, if you're good on video, if you love sitting in front of a camera and talking and not getting nervous and you don't beat yourself up too much because you keep stuttering or messing up. I mean, I can't tell you how many times it, it, it will take me to say like one sentence, like it's just almost laughable. Um, if you, if you are comfortable in that and you thrive in that, like YouTube is a great space. If not, but you enjoy talking, that's podcasting. But I think either way, like you do need a main hub. And I think having a website naturally just makes sense, you know, because when people are trying to search for something, you know, if you just have a podcast and you don't have other content to share, like just on a website, uh, I just think you're, you're missing something. So I, I feel like you need at least both, you know, either the a website blog and a YouTube channel or, and a podcast, if you truly want to do it well. I like that idea. Now it does sound like it might be a little daunting to have a blog, a podcast and a YouTube channel, maybe even something else. Like you might put things on TikTok. Like, do you have to create brand new content for each one of those? Like something new for the podcast, something new for the articles on the website, and something new for the YouTube. How do you actually make sure you have enough content for all of those? That's a, a great, great question. So the the cool thing is that if so, what I finally learned, and this took me a longer than I would like to admit to figure it out, but for me, it typically was I would write the blog post and then that would basically be my outline for a video. But that still takes a little bit more longer. So now kind of like reverse engineered it where I come up with the video idea, you know, put down some notes. Like I don't script anything out other than like maybe the intro now, just trying to be more uh, strategic in, in that. But as far as like the outline, I'll just have my main bullet points and then I just talk it out. And then you could send that video or if you want to pay to have it transcribed. And then you could have like right now I have a writer then take 
that video and turn that into a written blog post. And you could do the same thing for a podcast. You essentially, I tried doing this is it's, it can work, but uh, actually just sitting at my computer desk, I did this with a few videos where I would record on video, me talking it out, also using my podcast mic, where I was trying to record a video and a podcast at the same time. The only thing I did different was I did different intros for each since it's going to be different. Like, Hey, welcome to my YouTube channel, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, it, that it's hard for me because I do feel like a YouTube audience is a, is different than a podcast audience. Yes. You know, Cause like I like throwing in memes and sometimes I could get really close on the camera or just say like stupid things just to kind of get a, a laugh or kind of like just break up, you know, have some pattern interruption doesn't make as much sense on a podcast, you know? <laughs> um, so, I mean, there are people that can do it. It just really depends on what you're trying to do. But I know that we're talking mainly about YouTube here. And with YouTube is if you're going to do YouTube, then you got to do YouTube, meaning that you are creating content for the YouTube community. And, and that's some, some lessons I learned, which I can share. But um, yeah, so like you can try both, but you know, if you're just going to try to dabble in each, then you, not saying you can't have success, but I don't think you're going to have as much success if you're trying to do a little bit here, a little bit there. You know, for me, I went all in with the blog and did that for a number of years before I started the YouTube channel and the podcast. I think that is great, great advice that you should, as best you can, master one first and then move into the other. Because if you don't really know what you're doing in, let's say, podcasting, how people listen to podcasts, what you want your style to be on the podcast and what you normally say, what you don't say and things like that. If you don't know that and you're just saying, let me do the article, the podcast and the YouTube all at once, you might be missing some things. And I know from my YouTube channel to the podcast, they're totally different. Like you said, like the way you say things and how you do things and all that sort of stuff. Like on my podcast, I talk a lot more than in my YouTube. YouTube is just like fact, fact, point, point, point. You, uh, the podcast, it's more like, hey, I know I got you guys for 30 minutes. Let's just chat. Yeah. And so there's a there's a, a little nuances between the two. Now, let's take the idea. Now, I love the idea of you utilizing the same content in all three places. I think it's brilliant that now you have the bullet points, talk it out, and it's your content, which is what you want on your articles. And you have somebody either write the article from that because their content's already there, as well as um, you could even transcribe it, but you're using the same content. I love that idea. Now, let's talk about YouTube because YouTube, it seems like there's a lot of room for growth for everybody in YouTube. If we were to get started doing YouTube, what other than like the technology, like getting because literally you could use your phone and the microphone on the phone's fine, the you know, all that sort of stuff outside of the technology. What would you say that we should do? We should because starting from zero with no subscribers, how do we then get started and break into YouTube and do it right? What's the first few steps that you would suggest? Man, that's this is why it's so funny because like blogging is my thing. Like I love YouTube, uh, but I see uh, these other young gunners, uh, these millennials uh, talking about personal finance that are crushing me on YouTube. I have so much shame about that. <laughs> but, uh, but but the thing about blogging though is that it does take a much longer time where you're actually gonna like be found in a search engine. You know, it's just, you got to acquire backlinks and you got to write content, publish content consistently. There's, there's outreach involved. Uh, once you get it and you build it, the cool thing is like, it is, yeah, I'm going to say passive, but like it is sustainable, you know, because like you're just building a foundation that you can keep adding to and keep adding to. But with a, with YouTube, 
I mean, man, like I've seen people that, you know, create like a new video and like, they're so new, have less than like a thousand subscribers, maybe less than a hundred. But yet all of a sudden, if all, if you create the right piece of content and people will explode that video, all of a sudden now, like you can, you can hit trending, uh, you can get recommended by YouTube. You can be uh, one of the next to watch list because it's, it's had such good engagement. And I think that's why, obviously, and I, it makes sense because to crack the YouTube code, I mean, you got to be good on camera. You've got to have a good message. It has to be entertaining, also useful or helpful. Um, a good thumbnail. I mean, there's good, good production, somewhat good production quality, you know, just good video, good lighting, good audio. It doesn't have to be like some crazy theater camera. But I, I just feel like as a new creator, you have the potential to make a bigger splash on YouTube than you do on a blog. Now, is that as sustainable as a blog? I mean, that's debatable, but as far as like actually getting, getting found, getting seen. And I think that was a really long answer to your question, but I think that the easiest, and that's the thing, it, it's the easiest things that you can do is that you go to a channel, a, a YouTube creator that you, that you like, or that you emulate, that's talking about something that you think you're going to talk about is that you look at what's their most popular videos. Find out like which ones have the most views, then watch that video, take some notes, see like what they're saying, how they're presenting it, look at the thumbnail, see what's recommended by YouTube from that video, check out some of those videos, see what they're doing. I mean, it's just like, it, it, it's all given to you. Like the, the market research, you don't have to buy like a, like an A-Revs or a SEMrush, you know, and do like back, like look at backlink profile of a site and see what it's like, which that's what I do for websites, <laughs> but for YouTube, it's like you don't have to buy any of these tools because like you just start clicking around and you start seeing and taking notes. And that's how I've seen a lot of people. I mean, that's really how I gained. I'm trying to think there's a few different examples, but yeah, like one of my videos, actually the, the first video I did on passive income was I looked at a few other videos that had did a, did a similar topic and I just recreated it under my own, you know, how, how I would say it. And then turns out like that one got like 2 million views. I have not experienced that since, but it was fun and I'm still going to enjoy it while I can. But I essentially, like, that's, that's what I did. That is awesome. And I completely agree with you that YouTube, the platform itself would literally show you what you should do. You just find somebody that's in the same space or doing something that you really like, then listen to them, see what they're doing. It's really brilliant. And the thought that comes to my mind is if we're going to be putting out videos on YouTube, definitely we want to make sure we have good lighting or at least decent lighting so it doesn't look horrible. Audio, we know is, hopefully everybody should know that if you have bad audio, it's going to be hard for people to want to continue to watch the video. So you want to have really good audio. Now, let's talk about a little bit about the content and then talk about like upload strategy. Like how often should we upload? So content wise, what should we talk about? Like, let's say we, we don't know what we want to actually have a YouTube channel on. What should we go after so that we can actually have sustainable growth or at least we can keep doing YouTube for a long time? Yeah, I think it really depends obviously on the niche. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? What's the channel about? Um, talking with uh, Tim Schmoyer, who has a YouTube channel. I think it's, uh, I want to say video creators, but that's not him. I don't think, I think that's somebody else. Ah, oh, sorry, Tim, I forgot your YouTube channel name. But uh, talking with him, uh, he was the one that enlightened me of when you're creating videos, think of creating videos under a playlist, almost like a series, uh, almost like, I guess, like a podcast season. So as an example, um, 
Oh, you can't see. Sorry. So if you saw the post-it notes that you can't see, uh, cause you're standing in the way, um, is uh, basically I, I finally started doing this. I kind of did it, but like I went back and I'm redoing this where I'm creating a playlist of passive income videos. And it's almost like you, you, you don't have to watch them in order, but you definitely could. And they all kind of make sense. They all kind of feed off of each other. And for those that are uh, familiar with like a sales funnel, I would say it's almost comparable in a way. Like you're almost creating a sales funnel. Not, and maybe you don't have a product to sell at the end. Maybe you have an affiliate you want to recommend. But either way, like you're piecing them each together so that they all kind of work with each other. But the whole point of doing that is when you have that playlist, when you, you start creating content with that playlist mindset, when somebody comes to your channel and you have, let's say it was seven videos that you were going to do and you finally got them all done, well, they watched that first video and hopefully YouTube is going to be kind enough to recommend the next video in your playlist. And then they watch the next video, the next video. And now they've spent a considerable amount of time on your channel consuming all that content. And those are just one of the key metrics, uh, signals that Google or Google, yeah, Google and YouTube, YouTube is looking at, you know, engagement. How long are they staying on the channel? Are they watching more than one video? Well, if you've given them a, an easy way to digest that, because if they came to watch a video on, keep using the passive income example, and now you've got five or six other videos that are similar, but offering new content that they're also learning from like, oh yeah, okay. So this is actually showing to us that this person came based off this, they're watching this or watching all of these. Maybe we need to start recommending these videos to other other channels that have passive income videos. So now you're getting, start getting more views. Does that That's make sense? great. It sure does. And the next thought is if we're starting to create content and we're trying to do somewhat of a series, how often should we actually be posting these YouTube videos? I know some people are like once a week. Some people are like once a month. Like I know some big channels only do once a month, but they're phenomenal videos, but there are smaller channels that do multiple times a week. What are your thoughts if we're getting started? What's the best way to get the most traction, most subscribers, most views in the posting schedule? Yeah. I. So, I mean, I know like I look at myself and I compare myself with, you know, once again, I've got four kids, uh, you know, and two puppies. So for me, it, for me to create three well thought out, well outlined, well produced videos a week, like some weeks, like that's a stretch. Um, which is, is that like, the goal? Is that is three the uh, goal? Right now it's like two to three. Uh I got to a point about a year and a half ago where I had a goal of doing like four a week. And that lasted about two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and and actually just to kind of give you a valuable lesson that I feel like I learned is I it's so funny because I I experienced the same thing with blogging where I had, you know, like, oh, I'm publishing one to two posts a week. Well, one to two posts is working out. I need to do three. Oh, I can do three. Oh, I need to do four, four. Let's do five. And I remember actually it was the very first FinCon that I ever went to where Meet Seti was the, the keynote speaker. And I just remember him. I remember, I don't know if it was verbatim, but I remember him saying something to the effect of you are not going to change people's lives, uh, posting a new blog five days a week. It just, you're going to, you're in the hamster wheel of death and you're just, you're doing it for the sake of doing it. One, you're not going to help people Two, you're going to get burnt out because it's just not fun. And I, I'm sure you, we've seen YouTube creators get burnt out. I, you know, there's, I can't think of names, but I've seen some that just kind of walk away because they just couldn't do it anymore. And that's, I've ran into that same experience. So now it's, if I, if I do one video a week, 
like I'm okay with that. If I don't do a video a week, ah, I'm, I've learned to be okay with it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, uh, but I've also, so if you can find some sort of consistency that doesn't allow you that doesn't make you burn out and it doesn't affect the quality of what you are doing because I can, I feel like I can directly see when there was a, a period last summer where I took some time off and, and wasn't publishing as much. And when I did publish, like it just wasn't that good, you know? And I was just like, Oh, I just need to get a video. I just need to do this. And so I would do like a three to four minute video, not really scripted out and just talked and yeah, it was decently edited and they didn't do very well and they shouldn't have. And I feel like in a way YouTube has, I don't want to say punished me, but like I've been kind of stuck in this uh, YouTube algorithm purgatory for a little while. And so I kind of like the whole blogging panda thing, you know, the algorithm update. I've just kind of had to take a step back and ask myself, like, why am I doing this? What's the purpose? And once I can get recentered and regrounded in that and knowing that I have like a strategy on the playlist and the type of content I want to do and what I what I what I want to go into it. I mean, it just gives me a greater piece of knowing why I'm doing it and what the point is. And I mean, typically, and I'm not saying it's always going to work out, but it worked out in the blogging space. And I can just tell by comments I've received from you and others like in our uh, FinCon YouTube Facebook group that, I mean, they can tell the difference in the videos I've created here lately. And it's fun because like they can tell the passion that I have put into the videos. They can tell the time and dedication that I could put in, into those. And that means a lot, you know? I mean, maybe every single viewer doesn't get that, but eventually with time, I just feel like that those are the things that YouTube can't ignore because they can tell when somebody's heart, they can tell that somebody has studied YouTube, they understand the YouTube community and they're pouring their heart and soul into it. Yeah, and for everybody listening, when Jeff talks about FinCon, it's the Financial Bloggers Conference. Really, really great conference. If you're into actually teaching anything on finances, like I teach real estate and I go there. And so I go there because it's about teaching people content online and any other way. So I am a big believer in FinCon. I think it's a great conference to go to. And so that's obviously where Jeff and I met through their, their Facebook group where they actually connect other YouTubers. And they say, hey, you guys you know, brainstorm together, work together. Now, you were talking a little bit about the content, not necessarily the content like what you say, but like visually making it look quality. All of you, I'm gonna say all of your videos. because I only see, I've only seen, or sorry, I have not seen all of your videos, but the ones that I have, I'm like, man, Jeff puts a lot of thought and work. He moves the camera. He puts his hand into the, the camera and pulls it away. He does all these creative things that I'm like, my goodness, my videos are so boring. It's literally just me talking like this and saying this, this, and my hands are moving. What would you say that, is that a necessity? What are your thoughts about making it, I guess, what's, what does quality look like to you? And maybe this is where I have a slight advantage because my oldest son is 13. Uh, my, my daughter is, she just turned six and they don't watch TV unless like there's a sports game on, they watch YouTube. So I've seen all of these, I won't say crappy, but, uh, just these YouTube videos of like, just these, you know, influencers are going out doing like the challenges and not so much some pranks, but so you just kind of see like, what, how are they, how are they staying engaged? And that's why I never would have thought like, I get the idea of doing a jump cut, you know, where you're just doing a cut to either zoom in, zoom out, you know, just for a pattern interruption. 
but I mean, they'll cut it like it's like, it looks almost like, wait, do they mean to do that? But I, there is some intentionality. So it really, really depends on once again, the, the style of content. So for example, if, if you're doing like a five ways, five ways to, to build passive income, you know, to me, like it's, it's, it's shorter, it's succinct, you're getting down to it. But anytime, like if I'm recording, I just think, okay, I've been talking for maybe like a minute or two minutes and I'll just take my camera and I'll just turn it, you know, like a few inches just so you can't, it's not a big difference, but it's just a subtle enough difference where the person watching, like, you know, there's just like a click, like, oh, I mean, they don't realize it, but like it's, it's pattern interruption. So that's why the memes, that's why, you know, the change of background, which takes a little bit more work, have to be more mindful of it. And that was just watching, once again, other creators and seeing what are they doing? You know, why why am I so engaged in this video? Like, what are they doing differently that I don't do? And that's why if you truly want to master YouTube, it does take looking at the competition. You know, like if you're trying to, I kind of think of like basketball. Like my boys had basketball. And I was like thinking, you know, if you were wanting to learn how to do all the crazy dribbling between the legs and all that stuff, you know, you don't, you don't know unless you watch somebody do it and then you got to watch to learn. And then, well, then you got to try it yourself. Well, the same thing, like I'm watching other creators and seeing, um, like the whole hand in the camera and, uh, just little, little subtle things. You're like, Oh, I, I like how they did that. You know, just a little thing you can add that maybe the average person isn't going to notice, but it is breaking up their interruption. That's keeping them. Cause basically what can you do to keep them engaged, keep them on your channel? Like, why are my kids watching this 15 minute video of these young people doing nothing? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I was like, wait, this, you, you like this? I, I don't understand. Uh, and I had, it's so funny because I had my son, he watched one of my videos. I don't remember which one, but he's like, yeah, dad, I was watching your video on this. And yeah, I didn't finish it. It was kind of boring. <laughs> but then he watched another video and he's like, oh, I watched this other video. And like, you had all these funny memes and stuff. Like it was, I actually really enjoyed it. I don't know what you talked about, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> like, that's winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> there you go. Man, that's, that's hilarious. And I, I like the idea that as you are figuring out what's best for your, your style, you're looking at what other people are doing and incorporating that in. Um, I know for me, like well, looking at your studio right now. So for everybody listening to us on the podcast, you can check this on YouTube, successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And you can actually see Jeff's office or his basically his studio. So everywhere you look, you could turn the camera and actually record. I mean, other maybe like maybe a certain area that's like right at the desk or something. But like it's it's a fantastic room. I'm literally in my bedroom right now. So we moved from California to Arizona, and I moved into one of my rental properties. The tenants were moving out. We wanted to move out of California, so we moved into the rental property. It's 1,250 square feet with my four kids and my wife. And so we're in my room right now. So I'm trying. I'm like, man, I wish I could just turn the camera. But then there's the bed right there. And there's so we'll eventually get to where we'll buy another house as soon as the market kind of calms down. But the other thoughts that that I, I like that idea. Now you're also really good at getting people. At least it seems like getting comments on your video. In fact, one comment I it sticks in my brain. It was hilarious. It was something like, and it was a, a female that said this. Says Jeff, you are the best looking guy on YouTube. You are so handsome, or something like that. It was it was it was really straightforward. I was like, wow, Jeff, you got some admirers. How do you get people to comment like that? I mean, other than looking amazing like you. But how do you actually get people to comment like that? That is a great question. Um, 
You know, I think one of the, one of the things I do is after a video, actually when a video immediately goes live, I will always post a comment and pin it where I am asking a question. And that's just an easy way to get people to say yes or no to something. Because once again, like you are uh, looking for engagement. Uh, sometimes I don't do this as often as maybe I should, but like in the video, you know, asking a question, you know, like just, you know, what do you think about this? You know, let me know in the comments below. Almost like if you're doing like a live, like a Facebook live or some sort of live stream, you know, or a webinar where you're asking people, um, like, where do you live? Where, you know, like, what do you think about this? Let me know in the comments. Uh, anytime you do that, that's, that's typically that helps out. But, um, yeah, that's in that, I guess the other thing as well is I'll, I'll, I typically will reply to the comments like within like that first day or two, um, or actually have my assistant help me out <laughs> and comment as well. And just so that people feel like, Hey, they're coming and they're actually engaging with me. Like, oh, he's actually answering, he's here. Like he's, it's not just this fake guy like on YouTube, like he's actually responding to comments. So I think it's just giving a reason for people to come back. Like, oh, they feel like, it's almost like if you were on like a, a game show or a TV show, or I don't know, and somebody called your name and you got a chance to engage with them. Like, oh, that would mean something. I got to talk to this, you know, the, the host, like that was awesome. So anything I can do like that, just to keep people engaged and feel like they're a part of the community. And you're almost training your viewers that you can comment, like, please comment because I'm going to be there and you're constantly doing it because when you have subscribers, they're hopefully going to be seeing your videos over and over again. YouTube promotes it. You know, they, they see it in their feed and on their page. And so they're going to see it. And then they've already realized, hey, Jeff comments. So let me go ahead and, you know, put my two cents in there, which is really, really good. I, I love that idea. Now, switching a little bit to if you are starting something and it seems like the first thousand subscribers is it sucks. I mean, it takes forever. And that's like the, once you get over that hump of a thousand subscribers, it really starts to, um, you can monetize, you start to, I guess, be certain, not necessarily so much in search, but also browse features. Do you have any tips or any suggestions on how to crack that to get, I mean, should we like email our grandma and say, Hey grandma, watch this video a hundred times or something like what, what do you think we should do to get to where we get that thousand subscribers? Yeah. I would not be ashamed to ask anybody and everybody that I know to subscribe <laughs> to my channel. Uh, I would have no shame in doing that because like of all the things you can ask somebody to do, you're just asking them to click a button. Um, obviously don't treat it like a, uh, like a network marketing, you know, <laughs> where you're like, uh, just uh, make sure you've got like a, a good relationship with that person. Um, but then also with the videos, like asking people to subscribe, you know, like that's one of those things, like it feels kind of like, Ooh, it just feels, I felt really weird at the beginning asking that. And now like, sometimes I do forget until the end, but I also like when I plan it out, like I'll ask it in the beginning, like, Hey, if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and, you know, hit that subscribe button, you know, hit that notification bell, all that good stuff. Because sometimes people just need reminded of like, Oh, you know, yeah, I, this is like the third video of this guys I've watched. I realized I haven't subscribed yet. Let me go ahead and do that. It's like, sometimes people just forget, um, to even do that. So ask whether it be on the video or the people that, you know, and then after that, I think it's just a matter of producing content. Like once you start producing content consistently, oh, I would also say if there are any Facebook groups or any sort of groups of YouTubers that are all in a similar boat, like, man, like start subscribing to their channel, uh, have them make sure you subscribe to them first before you start asking for them to subscribe to you. I think that's just a, a decent courtesy thing that many people don't do. But uh, that was one of the ways, I think in the beginning, I remember I bought some course called Video Traffic Academy 
And in that course, there was like a Facebook group, all these people trying to start YouTube channels. And so we were helping each other out, uh, subscribing and uh, commenting here and there. And like that was like a nice surge. So when you can find like-minded people that are all starting out, like that's a big help. That's a great idea. I love that idea, especially there are plenty of YouTube groups that are, will be on Facebook or something that you could find and be a part of. Even like FinCom, the conference that we go to, even just something as little as a conference would have its own YouTube group, which is super cool to be a part of and encouraging people. Now, there's one thing that's come out recently with YouTube that I want to get your opinion on. And it seems like it might be pretty good. It almost might be a game changer for a short while. So we all know that TikTok has been around for a little while and TikTok's pretty it's pretty uh, popular. There's a lot of people on TikTok. In fact, that's like, you know, one minute videos that are really, really fast and somewhat entertaining, sometimes not. So YouTube is saying, hey, I'm going to get it on the game. Let me go ahead and have something called YouTube Shorts, where it's a one minute video. If you're on your phone, you can see the YouTube Shorts right there. You click on it. It's one minute. What are your thoughts about utilizing YouTube Shorts? Is that something that's like dumb? You shouldn't you because it kind of shrinks the how amount of time somebody watches your video? Or is it something that might be really good? Yeah, I, you know, like I just because I saw, and I don't know how I even saw this, but whether it was in the Facebook group that you and I are in, I feel like I saw it right before that, where this guy was talking, showing some examples of a YouTube short. Basically, it was a a video, vertical video of somebody tying a shoe, but the video was like five years old, and because it was a vertical format and it was less than sixty minutes. I guess YouTube was recommending it as like a YouTube short. So the thing had like 6 million views. Um, it definitely got me thinking, I, I'll be first to admit, like I haven't, I haven't got into TikTok. It was just like another thing that I was just like, all right, I, I can only do so much. And right now, like it's, it's the blog, it's YouTube, you know, a little bit of Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. So I just, I want to say I, maybe that's the wrong strategy, but as far as with shorts goes, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm curious. I don't, I'm not worried about the length of the video hurting, uh, like watch time and all that. Like I, I'm not worried about that at all, but I think if you have shorts, that feels weird, just weird saying that. So, <laughs> uh, in conjunction with other normal YouTube content, I mean, I think that would be a, a nice, uh, a nice balance of the two. So it's something that I will probably consider, you know, just, okay, can I do like a, passive income video in 60 seconds, you know, like if there's something like that, I mean, I, I, I feel like that would be silly to not try. And I know like there's some, there's time involved and in trying to think it out and all that stuff, but I, I will attempt a few just to see how it goes. Obviously I'll be watching other creators, see what they're doing. And if there's anything that I can emulate. Um, I think it would be silly not to try it because I think you might miss out. And I don't like, I don't like to do things out of FOMO, but it, I'm already creating content and it's like, to me, it's like, okay, what do I already have that I can take that and then, you know, prune it down to like 60 seconds like that. That's how I would do it. That'd be a great idea because you've already done the work. All is now is just clipping it up until you get to 60 seconds. Now I'm thinking with YouTube shorts, it's perfect to put on TikTok. Now I went on TikTok because people were telling me, Hey, you should be on TikTok. You should really be doing this. And I went on there for like, maybe two days. I couldn't, I couldn't stand it. Just, it's just not me. It's not my game. And now I'm thinking I'm starting to, so I've created two shorts so far. I'm like, these are perfect to upload to TikTok. I don't have to use TikTok. I can just upload it to TikTok. Maybe that might do something. It's better than, yeah. better than not. I mean, it's content, yeah. content created one time and then putting it in multiple places. Now for, for me, I literally just made my first YouTube short on Monday 
and today's Friday. I got, and I don't get very many subscribers. Um, I'm at 1,800 subscribers now. And in what, three days, three or four days, I got 13 subscribers from one YouTube short. When most videos, it takes me like, I don't know, I get two or three subscribers in like one or two months from each video. So I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty surprising. So I'm going to go that route. Or at least I'm going to try to test it out. I think it's a great idea. Now, Jeff, you get us so much great things. Let's jump into the rapid fire round. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So the first question is, you have given us lots and lots of great insights. Is there anything that we might have missed that we really should know as we are starting to become an influencer on the YouTube or articles or you know website or podcasts? Um, whew, ha, uh, I just think that I, I feel like this is something that a lot of people say, but if you haven't created any YouTube content yet, or if you have not written a blog post and, uh, just, just be prepared that your first several videos and or blog posts are going, are going to be horrific. Uh, you're going to think that they are so awesome because you spent so much time and energy writing it or producing it. But in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's going to suck and that's okay <laughs> because, We've all created content that is just bad, really bad. I haven't deleted all of it. I've deleted some of them. But if I look back at some of the old videos that I did, I, I mean, they are cringy uh, and that's okay. But that's how you learn. You you put it out there, you get the feedback and you just keep improving, keep improving, keep improving. That's great. Now, if you were to go back and give your younger self any piece of advice, business, life or whatever, what would it be? Ooh, ah, mm, man, I would have told myself to start like a YouTube channel and a blog a whole lot sooner. Uh, <laughs> uh, I do know that. I know with YouTube, one thing I would say, there was a stretch where I produced content that I remember like I was answering questions, which is a, not, is a good strategy, but I wasted like the first minute and a half of trying to be cute and funny and just saying some really random stuff. And I remember somebody left a comment and just said, you know, the, the video starts at the 145 mark, you know, <laughs> something like that. And I, I, I remember my initial, my internal response was like, well, screw you. Like, you know, if you, if you want to watch, watch my videos and you watch my videos, otherwise, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't care. And I was missing something. I totally missed this. But now I recognize like, you have to respect people's time. You know, if they come, if you have a video that you're trying to show them five ways to, to buy a rental property, then don't jack around for two minutes saying about fluffy stuff that has nothing to do with the title and the purpose of that video. You know, unless there is a story that's a, a good segue into what you want to share, that's different. But like I was just, I don't even know what I was doing, trying to like make corny jokes and hey, look at me, do 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 do. So just respect people's time. Um, the other thing I would actually, no, I'll just leave it at that. Respect people's time. <laughs> awesome. Now, what is one nonfiction book? Could be business or life or anything like that, that you would recommend for us? Uh, you know, like I'm looking over, I have my top 10 books over here and uh, like Rich Dad, Poor Dad is the one I typically always recommend. I mean, it was the book that really just changed the way that I approach business, way that I approach you know my life. Uh, Tim Ferriss, 4-Hour Workweek is also in there. Here recently, I am reading or listening to the Wright Brothers book, uh, and it is just fascinating to learn about these two brothers that came from nothing. They had no money whatsoever. Everyone thought that they were crazy for trying to create an airplane. And for four years of failed experiments and putting all this money into this project, 
the first time they took flight, I think they flew for like 60 feet. It took them four years to fly for 60, 60 feet. And they kept going, they kept going. And I just, I just think about that of like all these people, all of that, they, they start a YouTube channel, they start a podcast, they start a blog, they start trying to invest into real estate. And after something doesn't work out here and this doesn't work out or their 10th video doesn't get any views, uh, no, nah, it didn't work out. It didn't work out for me. I mean, these guys did it for four years and their first success was like flying 60 feet and they were still broke. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just, it was just fascinating to like hear, just to remind me and to remind others like, man, like the ones that are the most successful are the ones that just stick it out and just have that grit to get through it. That's brilliant. I love that. Now, what is one, and it could be an app or a tool, it could be a pen and paper. Is there something that you use every day that helps you in life that you can share with us? Uh, this, I mean, you just set that one up. You didn't even know this. So I, I love, I loved my iPad. I loved the, the ability to write notes digitally, but man, I, I just, I cannot have a iPhone and iPad and not get sucked in into YouTube, internet, some stupid apps. Right. So I just got this. I had the first one. And I can't remember. There's something about the first one I didn't like. So this is the, sorry, for those that can't hear or they can't see what I'm showing. This is the Remarkable 2, which it's a, a writing tablet and it doesn't, uh, it does have Wi-Fi connection in that I can send notes via PDF, but there is no internet browser. There, there is no apps and it feels like you are writing on paper. And I am a firm believer in if you are taking notes, if you are journaling, if you are outlining, I, I, I can't, I can type, but there is no, there is a, and I'm sure there's some science to support this, but like pen to paper uh, is, I think it's even proven shows like there's just a connection between your brain and your fingertips and putting that pen to paper that just ignites parts of your brain that typing doesn't do or talking doesn't do. And I am, I am loving this. I am so loving this. Sorry. I, I feel like this is a remarkable two commercial. Uh, their support sucks. I'll say that, but the product is, is really good. That is super cool, man. I'll have to check that out because I agree when I write things down, I remember it so much better than if I type it in a like Evernote or, you know, email or something like that. So that's a great idea. Now, Jeff, you give us so much great insights and advice. How can people find you? How can they, if they want to reach out to you or even just watch your YouTube channel, how can they find you? Yeah, well, the, the main hub is the blog, goodfinancialsense.com. That is cnts.com. You also hit me up on YouTube, either search for Jeff Rose or search for Wealth Hacker. That is the YouTube channel name. And then I'm mostly active on Twitter. You can hit me up at, at J Jeff Rose, two J's, J Jeff Rose. Awesome. Jeff, thank you so much. You gave us so much great insights. I really appreciate your time. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders Membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash free course, and that will also be 
in the description, successfullyunemployed.co forward slash free course. So you can see how you can quit your job, that J-O-B, by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. Or if you just go to YouTube and type in successful unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya. Hey, 